Your Geek Fix is the podcast for geeks and the stuff they love. Where each week we'll talk about everything from anime to movies, games, and prop collecting with the people who create and love it. The card in Skyrim, it starts vibrating like this, and then it just, boom, shoots up into the sky. <laughs> Two policemen pointing their guns at me, saying step back from the weapon. So check out your new favorite podcast, Your Geek Fix, on your preferred podcast app. In the meantime, this was Your Geek Fix. People love choices. This holiday season, give choice gift cards and let them choose their own gifts. It's genius. Available in stores and at giftcards.com. Buy now. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about magic elixirs, magic clovers, and what I'm going to say, Abby, is an overall interesting, I would dare say sometimes good episode that is marred by the one very, very bad thing that is a very bad thing. Agreed. I... I also had complicated relationship with this episode because I'm like, I don't like what's happening because I know what's happening. But right now, okay, <laughs> this is fine so far. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's some weird MacGuffin stuff that starts happening. I'm not 100% sure, but I, it's okay. We're just going to abuse Rumpelwise in a hospital bed? Sure. Sure. This is great. And after last week, I feel high right now. I'm drinking tea. I am just like, we're going to be calm. This episode is going to be an hour. We're all going to smile and be fine. Until that one thing that makes us um, lose our brains. I am Beth Elderkid, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Uh, I got a new roof on my house, and I love saying it uh, because it sounds like a very grown-up thing to say. Just, oh, I had to get a new roof. I had to get a new roof. And um, I'm also mad at contractors because they got dust all over my tomato plants. (laughs) Which is another really grown-up problem. (laughs) Well, I'm, I don't have as that many grown-up situations right now. I've mostly been trying to play video games because we finally got a PS5. Woo-hoo. I am playing Stray right now. Highly recommend it. You're a cat. And the, the, the cat mechanics are so cat. They're really good. I watched, uh, I watched, I haven't finished it, but I was watching Jacksepticeye do that. Uh, I enjoy his Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you, I didn't catch on this part. Do you get to name the cat or does you, the cat no. just sort of, that comes preloaded with a name or no name? No name. No. Okay, the, stray. Full stray. Got it. Yeah. Full stray. That's what I really, one of the things I really like about the game is it kind of, it kind of drops you into this very strange world with little context and explanation. You're kind of uncovering things as you go. But a lot of it is framed like as if you are a cat. So how much do you actually know? How much do you actually care about? Uh, I find those things very fascinating. I'm also really deep into Stardew Valley. I'm kicking kicking butt. Got a huge thing. And I just married Emily. So yay. Hey, we love her. I told you, we. I love my crystal girlies. Uh, Emily's little rave scenes are some of my favorite things in the universe. Uh, but yay, I love Stardew Valley so much. Who who who's your favorite romantic partner in Stardew Valley? It is Elliot every single time. Oh my goodness, uh, Elliot just every talks about time. climate change. It makes me sad. He's so dramatic. I that's what it is. Like he's just a writer, and like not to spoil anything, but for me, it feels like Elliot's like the only character that doesn't like give up his dreams to move on to a farm with you. It's just I I just like the dr- drama of the whole thing. Plus, he's like a really expensive guy to woo. Like you, all of his loved items you don't get till like later in the game. Like, and also his schedule is absolutely insane. Anyway, yeah, no, Emily is has a consi- she was she was originally not a romanceable NPC. They changed it uh, later on, but that gives it a bonus because one of the community center. Uh, relationship things is with Emily so you automatically get a huge boost when you do the community center and you just give her cloth or wool every time and she's happy like it's super I just give her cloth over and over and over again and she's content a blue haired queen we love her we love our video games too they're very because I've also been playing Stardew Valley Um, I've also started reading a court of uh, what is it it's Akatar. I know that it's a court of thorn and roses or whatever it's the fairy stuff oh Um, obsessed 
Uh, it's so, again, let's talk about me just liking drama. It's just like, it's such a dramatic book. I love the drama of some fiction where it's always just like, and then the Ivy climbed up those walls and he looked at me with his striking cheekbones and everything. I'm like, I love this. This is so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not quite what we get in this episode, uh, but we do get striking cheekbones because we've got Robin Hood and he is at his Robin Hoodiest and... I, I love an episode that is not centered around our main four or five people because they're 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 really reintroducing Robin as a key player in the series. And I love it. And like I said earlier, I overall liked this episode. Uh, it's, you know, pretty inconsequential. Nothing really happens in it that's going to change the course of everything except the one reveal, which comes with a lot of baggage. But I just, I loved the reinterpretation of Robin's story, trying to, trying to play it straight, go straight. Uh, but he's got to do this one job before he can retire, just the, the, the last job. But he learns a lesson along the way, and that's how he becomes Robin Hood. I, I dig it. I like this story. I think probably my favorite part about this is that I had, and I don't think they meant to do it, but it's just part of my brain now. Again, talking about being an adult with adult problems, rewatching this in my late 30s, when Nottingham shows up and says, you have to pay your taxes. And Robin is just like, don't worry, I'll figure it out. And I'm thinking, wouldn't he just like have like dollar drink night or like a girl's night or something at the tavern to earn the money? to pay the taxes and then I like was filling in blanks for myself being like no the taxes is more than his revenue so he can't afford it and then I'm like mad at Nottingham for that <laughs> it's just like damn you sheriff I hate you taxes? not even not even the ladies who tavern can save this situation he's got to go no. to thievery He's got to go to thievery. And that, my friends, is expletive taxation, which then I was like, okay, well, that's the point of Robin Hood. So I'm right to be mad. So (laughs) I get it. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, start in Storybook for just a moment. We are coming right on the end of uh, the previous episode where the author escaped. Uh, Emma, still looking distressed, but her eyes have dried up just a little bit. Uh, is searching the woods. Uh, Mary Margaret and and David come out with yet another reveal. They know this guy, and they decide to blame him for everything wrong that happened in their lives. Oh, I hate I hated it <laughs> so much. Like I don't remember the exact quotes because I refused to rewatch it because it was just like ru- every time Charming spoke in this episode, I wanted to throttle him. Because they're like, no, 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 we made it better. Like, we didn't understand what we were doing. You stole? A- okay, you know what? Whatever. I don't care. Like, I just, it's such a weird cop-out for someone who has had this long to deal with what they did. Although, I guess in timeline-wise, they actually only really did this two years ago. Yeah, because, because they wouldn't they... have been personally grappling with this for 28 years. They yeah. didn't remember it. Exactly. So this technically only happened in their memory a little while ago. But there's still, still those people. That's still enough time to have some reflection. And kudos to Emma for saying what everyone's thinking. And her response is 100% on point. She's like, that doesn't change the fact that you did what you did and then you lied to me about it. That's oh, the that... crux of the issue Bravo to Emma, and I will say bravo to the writers for for putting that moment in there and letting Emma have the last word. Yeah, because I'm now remembering exactly what Charming said. Charming was just like, we did what we did out of fear. We're only human. No. No. (laughs) I've been afraid a lot. Never done that. So, mm. hated this. Well, I liked liked what, what Emma said. You're right. She was in control of the situation. It was great. Yes. And then, like, it only happens, like, for, like, five seconds. No, because we, we immediately cut to the author, and he is just, he's traipsing through the woods, and uh, he comes across uh, Rumpelstiltskin, who says, hey, hey, buddy, uh, why don't you come with me? Uh, because you, you need a quill. I've got a quill for you. You can rewrite stuff. Uh, I just need you to write some stuff for me. You need to help me out. And... <laughs> I do like the author's reaction of like, why would I help you? 
I hated writing you. You suck so bad. You're just You're the such, worst. You're an actual pain in my ass. No. I, a little part of me has to wonder if this was just the uh, the writer's room seeping through just a little bit. Just yes, a little I am fascinated, and we'll talk about it later, but like, I'm fascinated by the fact that they can write other villains with an evolving arc to why they're evil and what they're doing and the ridiculous things that they're doing, and it sounds plausible. But at this point, Rumpel's played that card so many times, he's just talk, 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 talking to me, and I just, I shut down. So, like, this whole author conversation was great because the author was kind of funny, but it was just like, Rumpel was just like, no, I'm in complete control and you're going to do what I want. I'm like, just let's end the scene because I know that he's going to get what he wants. And I'm mad about it. Like, why did this scene have to be here at all? Because we know that it's just going to happen. Yeah, it would have been the exact same result if Rumpel had just popped into the scene, whisked them away, and it would have been done. We would have gotten the exact same result, and we would know the exact same thing about their power power dynamics. I I do want to know... What the author was planning to like, cause he like, he rips off a, a twig and he's like desperately sharpening it, trying to like make a quill. I want to know what he was going to panic, right? <laughs> like, just be like, and the, and the author is uh, totally full uh, of cheeseburgers and he feels awesome and has a bajillion dollars and there's a portal to awesome fun land right in front of him. Yes, I'm free. <laughs> like Also guns. Also guns. So many guns. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there aren't any tree enchanted trees in uh, in Storybrook, so that that little quill he's making is going to do jack all. But there is one he can use. But that doesn't happen quite in this episode because we then cut to Regina with magic cuffs. But these are different magic cuffs. They're special magic cuffs where Regina is being held prisoner in her vault, and they have this scene that I'm not quite sure how i feel about like yeah i don't know how how you feel about it but they're having this back and forth where regina's like i thought we were cool i thought you wanted me to be happy what gives and he's like well yeah i wanted you to be happy but so long as it didn't stop me from getting what i want and then he like tells her if you want something just go for it like and then this is also a thing he tells robin later on he's just like if you want it you should just have it and i'm like robin that hasn't worked sorry rumple that has not worked out for you so far (laughs) well to to be fair that like does have that trope of like trope in reality but also in movies and stuff of just being like character has a near-death experience and then just comes up and be like grab life by the horns take what you want f everybody else if you love her go get her screw the consequences any moment you'll just simply die um i mean in kevin smith's uh way he had a heart attack that damn near killed him so now he's making clerks three so it's a give or take (laughs) and of course, for Regina, the thing that she wants is Robin, and Rumple knows this, so he says, hey, here's the phone number, here's the phone, give him a call, you'll see what's up. Now we have to find out what's up before uh, we get the final resolution to that whole drama. Let's go ahead and head back to Sherwood Forest many years ago, back in the long, long ago. <laughs> So Robin Hood is happily married to Marion, and they own a tavern together. Ladies who tavern are chilling in the corner, being like, Yas, maid! Yas, queen! Like, more shots, please! Shots, 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 shots! Screw the sheriff! Oh, yeah, no, the ladies who tavern are firmly ACAB. Like, (laughs) oh, 100%. Like, loudly, and will fight people about it. Uh, they have been radicalized, and we love it for them. Oh yeah, we're, 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 we are we are proud of our ladies who tavern, who because from the moment the sheriff of Nottingham comes into the establishment with his henchmen and talks about taxes, they are in the corner being like, "Should we film this?" <laughs> <laughs> the the drunkest ones in the corner should be like, "Okay, so like he's like an eight, but he's the sheriff, and he also collects taxes." Oh my god, negative two. Oh my god. <laughs> Zero, zero, X, gross. No taxation without representation. I represent. Where are the mimosas? I feel like we need more. (laughs) 
All right, well, the sheriff is pressuring Robin to pay his taxes, and he gives him two days to do so. This is the same sheriff actor that we got previously with the Lacey episode, and he is just as creepy now as he was then, and I hate him. Don't like him, but for the reason they want me not to like him. So bravo to the actor. Like, we like him, but we don't like him. So it's, yeah, it's that complicated villain feeling. Yeah. Um, And he's just like... I need you to Texas. And Robin's like, I can't afford TurboTax right now. It's like, but it's free now. It's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's not free if I have to file for self, uh, for self employed for a business. H&R Block is here to serve Sherwood Forest. Oh, God. Oh, God, taxing. I don't want to talk about it anymore. He, he's just like, I will pay your stupid taxes. I wish they would have given a number. I want to know what kind of, like... I want to know. I want to know what's the revenue stream versus like what he's asking to come in. Again, this is you and I asking about um, structure and uh, infrastructure and what's the other word I'm looking for. Uh, Are you trying to see the the Robin Hood's ledgers? I want his ledgers. I want to know what's going on. But I also want to know what percentage of taxes we're doing, what we're basing it off of. How did he buy this place, but he can't pay the taxes on the place? That's why you can't win a free house. Like, if you get win the lottery for a million dollars, don't buy a million dollar house. You still got to pay the stat, sales stuff. It's a whole thing. Yeah. I'm so triggered by this tax conversation. I'm sorry. Move on. <laughs> well, Rumpelstiltskin shows up, and he is decidedly Rumpel in this episode. Uh, Robert Carlyle was like, I'm going to just kind of lean in to my whole rumple thing in this episode and i didn't mind it it's just really funny to me because like it really depends on the episode different episodes rumple will be at different levels of rumple and it doesn't sometimes it feels like it's appropriate for where rumple is in his journey but then sometimes it's not because this like this just is in the middle of the rumple cycle but he's like super duper rumple He's super duper rumple, and the first two lines, uh, two or three lines that he has, he starts at his most Scottish, and then eases it down to the point where I was being gaslit about it, where I was like, was he? That was his Scottish accent. I rewound it. I was like, no, he was, and he was, he just like dialed it up to 11, and then just crept it away, and then went back to still like a really big rumple moment, but the fact that it started out extra Scottish was amazing. I loved this. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm for Rumple being Rumple. Like the more Rumple, the better. Especially given what we learned about the deleted scene uh, later on, there is, there is sense to be made from where Rumple is at this point in his life. But sometimes, to me, it just feels a little inconsistent. Anyway, Rumple's like, hey, um, I will, I will pay your taxes if you can go steal something for me. Uh, I need this thing called the Elixir of the Wounded Heart, which is going to come into play later. Because it can cure hearts physically and emotionally. I'm guessing at this stage, correct me if I'm wrong, he's trying to cure his heart from Belle? Like, he doesn't, like, was this after Belle left? Like, I'm trying to figure out where this I don't understand where this is in the timeline. I genuinely don't. Like, I have not seen or know about the deleted scene. So I don't know where he's at. I genuinely okay. have no idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up in a little bit to kind of see where it is in the timeline to kind of see where what 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 thing Rumpel was needing to cure his heart for because you know he lost his wife that sucked for him. He lost his son that sucked for him. Maybe he's trying to heal his wounded heart from losing his son. Although that seems a little bit counterproductive considering his whole raison d'être is to get back to his son. Well, he wants to get back to his son, but also it just hurts so bad at night. You know what I mean? Like It's just like, I want it to stop hurting. I mean, I'm going to keep looking for him, but like, depression's a bitch. It's like, I'd just like this to go away, please. And it's like, I you mean, might fair. You might say, he's so lucky. He's a star. But he cry, cry, oh, cries. Beth, no. In his lonely... Beth, no. <laughs> Beth, stop. <laughs> Then why do these tears come at night? Beth, I'm not 100% sure if I can charge you for a war crime for that, but uh, don't you dare compare Rumpel to my Britney. How dare you? (laughs) Free free Britney, but at the expense of Rumpel. Ah. Uh, 
That's so funny. Now I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna have that song in my head. I'm gonna text you like three days from now and t- be like, "Damn it, Brad. get it out." Get it out I'm just gonna head. send you. I'm just gonna send you pictures of Rumple with with Britney Spears lyrics for for days. Well, isn't like in that video, like she, doesn't she like ride on a star? So like, just we just gotta Photoshop him like on a star. He's so lucky. <laughs> oh my god. His I'm, skin is gold, but he cry, 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 cries with no sun to hold it. Okay. All right. Anyway, moving on. So, yeah, so he asks Robin to go steal this elixir of the wounded heart. And so he sends Robin through a portal. Portals everywhere. We're not even going to explain this portal. He just has Seriously. it. Seriously. It's just like he gets there anyway. La, he, la, la. He gets there and he crushes a guard. Um, and then he runs into Will Scarlet, who's like, hey, buddy, thanks for killing the guard who would kidnap me. Can you free my cuffs? Thanks a bunch. Um... And uh, can you get me some of this elixir too? I need some for other reasons. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to make bank. It's, it's super valuable. Uh, Robin strips a guard. <laughs> He's just naked, this dead naked guard. Um, and he puts on the disguise. He breaks into the Wicked Witch's palace. Sneak, 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 sneak. We're doing a very bad job of it. Considering he's a thief, this is a bad thief performance. Uh, he grabs the elixir, puts it in a bottle. Zelina shows up, starts doing some some magics, makes a three version of herself. She's like, hey, ro- hey, Robin, Robin, Robin. I wanted them to do like a song where they're Listen. doing harmonies with themselves. Listen, I like that because she was like, make sure you choose correctly. And I'm like, I like that there's like a thief and then like a scam artist trying to play three card Monty with him. Just being like, whoa, <laughs> which was the real me? Uh, because she's an absolute unhinged lunatic who has the elixir of the wounded heart. It Not in vials. It's not like she has like a, a medicine cabinet full of them and he grabbed them. She has it in like the Pier One Imports giant lemonade thing that he then like he's like filling he's like oh perfect that's as much as i need like he doesn't like full-on grab the full thing but why does she have that why is that in her office does she just does it take the edge off like she just sips on it a little like i'm really i'm mad i lost my coven so i'm gonna you gotta wonder if there's nothing missing in her life (laughs) anyway see you next week everybody bye Well, Robin manages to get a single vial, and he also grabs this necklace thing from a drawer full of necklaces. There's no rhyme or reason why he grabs this one necklace other than the payoff we get later. Because he, but he names it. He names it later. Like, he knew about it, which is weird because how does he know about Oz and their trinkets? Because he's a thief. I, you know what? That's fine. Maybe he also knows about Mist Haven. Oh, that would be funny. And Cl- and Glower Haven. The, the, oh, and Glower the... Haven. That's actually where he's from, weirdly enough. He's from emo, bo- emo boy uh, Glower Haven Island. I mean, that would explain why he used the, uh, the pendant to disguise himself as Lucifer. I guess that's true. I guess it's true. It's also probably why he has his lion tattoo. He was just like, this means I'm a lion. <laughs> I'm, like I'm, really I'm, I'm strong, but also I'm so vulnerable. I'm, I'm an alpha. <laughs> like, oh God! Awesome. Well, so uh, Robin leaves and manages to escape. Gets back to the portal, and he has this conversation with Will. Well, Will is sharing that uh, he had a sister. She she fell through the ice and she died. There was another show or movie I saw that had the same plot line, and it's heartbreaking. Like, listen, I I feel like there is, there's like a whole. It's weird to see the different like generational scars show themselves in movies, and I feel like there was an entire generation of people who lost family members in ice at an irregular amount. Mm-hmm. Be- or it's just like a weird trope that like gets overused because I mean it's literally in a wonderful it's a wonderful life right so like it spans back to black and white movies but again doesn't that isn't that what happens to Jack Frost in uh, the movie with uh, Santa Claus with the tattoos what's that movie I don't remember I... Chris Pine is the white haired boy with the hoodie uh, that everyone has a really weird crush on but I think that happens to him too so there's a lot of ice falling. So you're, you're right. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's more of a trope than it actually being a common occurrence. It's kind of like being eaten by sharks or being attacked Quick by sand. sharks. Quick, Quick sand. sand, too. There's, there's, it's a very scary, terrifying thing to have happen. It's very quick. It's, it's painful. And it's a moment where you feel helpless because, like, what can you really do? in that kind of moment. So like, I, I get it, but also, Oh geez, Louise, well, Will Scarlet. Oh my God. Might've also, now I'm just speculating wildly here, but it might've just been one of those things, like, especially with a wonderful life. If it's like a formative movie, that that's where a trope would come from because you're just like, Oh my God, that whole scene just scarred me to death. And so you put that in there because I don't remember if, I don't remember if you posted this or not, but I remember seeing this article on Twitter and I read it and it was, it blew my mind, but it was just like, there's so much like weird falling in movies now because millennials are starting to make movies. And so we're all like really haunted by 9-11. And so there's all these like 9-11 shots. So it's just like our traumas are showing up in our movies as our generation enters the the movie force, the movie word, the Hollywood. So maybe. That's one of the reasons why they're saying alternate universes, multiverse, those storylines are coming up more and more in our science fiction um, because there is this idea of like, helplessness and not being able to control your own reality control your own destiny so it's a a what if scenario like what if i could what if i magically things could be better so that's what the brady bunch was the brady bunch was hey what if none of this was happening and all of us had astroturf lawns wouldn't this be absolutely spectacular so it's interesting how media feeds that so anyway he felt she felt through ice he's super sad and he needs to unbreak his heart Yes, because I believe he wants to open his heart to I believe uh, uh, the 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 Red Queen. Like this is this yeah. is part of his storyline where he he wants to be open to love to this person who's important to him, um, and he can't do that so long as he's haunted by this memory of his sister. So Robin ends up giving him the vial. And uh, I'm just kind of sneaking it into his pocket. And there's a moment where the two of them hug as they're getting goodbye. And that's where he slips in his pocket. And they go to a wide shot. And if you look, you can see the the body of the Tin Man just lying on the ground. It was really weird. It was just like, because he's like a person. He's not a human, but he is a person. And they're just like corpse right over there so did i miswatch the scene because i thought will stole it from him no because the way that i saw it was that he sat down he like pats himself and then he feels it and then he goes you sly bastard or something like that so i didn't feel like the way he said it made it feel to me that he and then the way robin was talking about it later he's like he's not like oh that son of a bitch stole it from me but good for him it was more I did the honorable thing as a thief. I lived by my code. I felt like it was uh, okay, that very makes a clear that sense. he gave it to Will. Because I did think Will was going to steal it, but he didn't. Okay, maybe maybe I just miswatched it. But you're right, because that does make more sense, because Will then says the magic phrase to him before that happens. Be like, no, man, I live by a code. And Rob's like, I live by a code. <laughs> we both have codes. I, I can't a code clone. Clone, I keep on yeah, I keep cycle on. of cl- codes. This big eyes. Listen, Oz, it's just full of a bunch of wide-eyed, doughy-eyed. Just, I, I have a code. Are we best friends? I think we are. Here's a potion. I can tell that gold guy to go to hell, even though I know he'll probably kill me. Why did we never... I guess he does lie to Rumple and say I never got it, so... Well, that's actually the deleted scene. Oh is uh and it actually sounds interesting but it kind of feels like a situation where it's probably more interesting when i'm describing it than what it would actually be because i didn't watch it there is a a scene where he goes to rumple's castle after oz and uh there's a couple things of note one we see rumple putting a a wand on the pedestal which is the one presumably the one he stole from the fairy godmother um, in like way back in season one. And this is the one that Robin tried to steal later in, di- in now it's in disguise as Lucifer, which ah. is, which was kind of the, the reason they, I liked that they decided to explain why he looked like somebody else for that one episode. He's like, oh, I got this thing. I can look like somebody else. I thought that was a fun little thing. I loved it. I'll just say, I think that was clever. Uh, that's a good way to do it. I, I do. I, I will say, and I've done this a couple of times, but you've described deleted scenes and then I go look for them and I'm always mad about it because I'm just like, I should have just lived with the version that Beth explained into my brain and I pictured with my head memories. 
because it's always better. Like the ice cream shop, ice queen, Regina one, I was so wholly disappointed by it because the way you described it was so much cooler. (laughs) Pun intended. Oh, yeah, so so in this deleted scene, Rumpel asks for the potion. Robin says, oh, Zelina was too powerful for me. I wasn't able to obtain it. And apparently Rumpel, like, says, you know, well, no potion means you don't get bol- uh, gold, which means you're going to go to debtor's prison. Bye. Sorry about that. And tells him to get out of the castle and says, if I ever see you, I will kill you. So that's very much like a direct tie to Rumpel's, to Robin stealing the wand and then Rumpel torturing him. Like, I think there, that adds a bigger connection between them uh, for, for Rumpel's rage against Robin once he figures out who he is. Um, that said, I don't think we necessarily needed the scene, but I think it's a nice thing to to acknowledge that that, that connection was filmed. They just didn't keep it. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it was just one of those, oh, maybe it doesn't need this much explanation as to where it is in the timeline. Uh, meh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we close on um, Robin. He's in his bar. The sheriff shows up and is like, hey, give me your money or you're going to prison. Robin's just like, you know what? I got the money. <laughs> it's your money. Boom! You're surrounded. <laughs> oh, you never. There's no rules that say I can't pay you with your own money that I beat out of your body. So hand it over before I have my man, little John, give you the biggest atomic wedgie you've ever experienced. And then we, so they get surrounded, they steal the money, and Robin and Marion have a moment where they're saying, well, we're going to have to live in the woods now. We are on the run. You, I can no longer be Robin of Loxley. I'm Robin Hood. Are you, are you cool with this? Because this is, you know, this is not the life that I envisioned for us. Are you okay with it? She's like, well, as long as we're together, I'm happy. So let's do it. And now I'm married to an outlaw. That's kind of sexy. Beep, 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 beep. And they kiss. But it's a little, um, it's a little less than romantic once you kind of realize what's happened to them much later. Because <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, they do have a nice love story, unfortunately, for Marion. Uh, her second doomsday is so much worse in my mind than the first one uh but yeah we'll 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 talk about what's going on in the future times not even the future times nine weeks earlier than nine weeks later it's a whole like yeah there's time jump into a time jump fantastic there's a lot if this is full-on westworld in terms of all the all the time jumps I'm, i'm in the middle of season four of westworld side note I do recommend it, even if you didn't like season three, which I did not, and a lot of people didn't really care for. They're righting a lot of the wrongs of season three, and things are very amped up. I only think they're maybe going to get one more season, so I think they're really escalating things. It's freaking bananas right now, but it's pretty fun. Just the the robots are the robots are have run amok. If I didn't watch season three, can I still watch season four? Do you think that'd yes. be fine? Oh, yeah, cool. totally. There's too much TV, guys. There's so much to, I just, I can't, I can't ingest it all. I would just read, like, a, a uh, like, a synopsis of what the Rehoboam thing was. Okay. And that's really, and then just, like, what happened with, with Dolores and her okay. versions of herself, which were teased out in season two. That's really Got all it. you need to know. Can do. Yeah. All right. So. Nine weeks prior to Regina making a magic handcuff phone call to Robin, we get Robin and Marion and their beautiful son. Their beautiful son. I love his moppy hair. It makes me happy. Uh, They arrive in New York and they arrive in New York like every New York tourist. Uh, Oh my God. It's so loud. So loud. Why is it so loud? I love that they keep getting dropped into New York. And I know it's because they were going to Neil's apartment but it was just like, we got to stop putting, especially like Robin Hood and Marion. I feel like we could have found a better situation for them, like in the woods. Because uh, this is not his scene. No. And it's just like, listen, if Neil made it, I think I think Marion points this out. She's like, listen, if Neil made it, we can make it here. It'll be, If we can make it here, we can make it anywhere. Let's go. 
And then some guy steals her purse and takes off on a bike. So then Robin does the best thing and he liberates a horse carriage horse. Uh, yeah, to he, does, chase he does two good deeds because two those good deeds for the price freedom. of one. Uh, and to, to chase down the purse. And he's just like, this place is so crazy. So they get to <laughs> Neil's apartment. Now, when we were talking about portals, I just assume that Rumpel used Hatter. He used Jefferson because it was in my brain. When they first show up to the apartment and Rumpel bursts in like, why are you in my son's home? What's happening? Above him is a very big sign that says some word and Hatter's. And it's so big. There's no way it wasn't picked on purpose because it's just <laughs> Rumpel standing next to the word Hatter's. And then, like, two scenes later, there's a portal for no reason. So, just, like, I don't know if they were, like, trying to, like, inception my brain and just be like, oh, also, Sebastian Stan got him across the portal. Don't, we, we don't have him, though. He's the Winter Soldier. He costs too much money now. So, just, like, use your imaginations. <laughs> um, and oh, so and Marion's finally in modern clothes. I do want to make a point of that. Yes, because uh, I believe Marion was looking for the fastest rush. She's like, finally, we're in New York. I need to get new clothes. Finally. Oh, yeah. She she, uh, she went to uh, Zara and H&M and, and was like, fix me up. And she spent $20 on a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just card- cardigans, leggings. I mean, she looked cute, but this was a very, um, very early 2010s ensemble. Oh, with the slouchy God, bag. I, oh, listen. First of all, I, I think that's coming back, and I'm super pumped about it. Uh, because the early 2000s, when or the 2010s or whatever, when we were all carrying giant carry-on luggage as our purses, <laughs> was my favorite time. I hate little purse. I can't fit anything in little purse, but giant bag. We love giant bag. Giant bag fits an entire first aid kit. Amazing. <laughs> No one knows. Like, I just remember going to a club in, like, a bodycon dress, but the biggest purse you've ever seen in your life. Like, yeah, I'm here. Also, does anyone need gum, an extra drink, a map? I've got a backup (laughs) outfit just in case anybody gets sick. Three different kinds of shoes because I don't know what you were wearing. I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess up your outfits. Like, several packed lunches. (laughs) Like, it's like they're the biggest bags. And that's also the bag that the guy stole. He stole this very large bag. Anyway, Rumple shows up. It's like, what are you doing here? They're like, what are you doing here? You suck. Basically, what then happens is that Rumple tells Robin that he has to go do the exact same thing we just saw in the flashback. The Wizard of Oak. I'm just, I make a straight line with my mouth. Not, this was all so like... They yada, yada, yada a lot with their hands during a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Just like, listen, he's here. He's in this nondescript, like, warehouse space. Uh, just go steal it. We're, well, I need I mean, you to steal me the elixir again. Basically, they were, they were like the guy who was engaged to Emma, who was secretly a monkey, who was also the Wizard of Oz. Like, this was, this was his business. And I, I believe this was explained. Like, when Emma was dating him, I believe, like, he was a furniture guy, which... Makes me laugh because that was exactly what Adrian did in Sex in the City when he was the other guy to Mr. Big. So I was like, that couldn't the have other, been a coincidence. The other man is always a furniture guy or like an architect or like yeah. builds things with his hands. He builds things with his hands, but they're fancy things. He's not like a rugged. He's never rugged. He's always sophisticated. Like this was a Listen. sophisticated furniture man. Listen, this is completely off topic, but I will think about this all the time. There is a scene in Sex and the City when Carrie runs into Aiden, and Aiden turns around, and he has a baby on him. Like, he's got a baby Bjorn, and the baby is facing outwards. And the whole time, while Carrie and Aiden are having this conversation, that baby is having the day of its life. (laughs) And she goes in to hug him, and the baby loses his mind. He's like, yeah, we're doing it. And that is, like, the happiest baby I've ever seen in my life. I think about that all the time. I'll, I'll find a clip of it. It's It lives in my brain absolutely rent-free. It is a happy memory of a TV show that I only sort of enjoy. <laughs> like, I'm just like, this baby was so happy. Anyway, 
sorry. <laughs> like thinking about this baby, I'm so pumped now. And then and then Carrie and Aiden have an um, have a sort of affair when they're in the Sex and the City movie too, which we do not talk about. We do not acknowledge that exists. That was the mistake of life, and we don't oh, acknowledge that. It. That whole movie. That whole movie. Anyway. Mm. Anyway. So. Uh, Robin goes and he breaks into the warehouse sta- it's like place. He finds the potion and like leaves. So while this is happening, because like as Rumple is having this conversation, he then has a heart attack in front of Robin. He's like, it's and a, then hits the it's dirt. It's a magic attack. It's a magic heart. attack. The magic is wreaking havoc on his heart because his heart is black and terrible. Uh, so they go to the hospital and Rumple is just like, it's, they don't understand. They're just a bunch of idiots. They said I had a heart attack, but that's not what happened. Magic is attacking my body and clogging my aorta and making my heart go into spasms. My man, you just described a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's still a heart attack. It's just different. Yeah. So, just because ma- you have a fun name for it. Heart attacks. They're magically dangerous. They're magically dangerous. Uh, so Robin goes to, to stale the potion, but as he goes, he goes to stale the potion, and it's like, Marion walks in, and she's just like, oh, here you are, Rumple. Anyway, I'm Zelina. It's me. I've been here the whole time, and I, something makes me very deeply uncomfortable about the, in general, like, scenes where people are taking advantage of people in hospital beds or in a state of care like this, like, it gives me an ick. Like, obviously, understandably, like, it's not a great feeling. But this, everything Zelina did in this whole scene, she basically was the only one speaking for what seemed like 20 minutes. And I loved this. She got so close to him and basically tried to watch his light go out. this was so unhinged and amazing. I, She was having the best day of her life. I loved this like whole interaction. That's my fit. It's great. Zelina was waiting to be able to, to, do, to talk to somebody about this. She was basically like, I got super bored because no one was suspecting anything. Ta-da, I need someone to glow over. So... This apparently, this reveal that Zelina was Marion in disguise. Um, oh, sorry, that Marion was Zelina in disguise. You know what I mean? Uh, was apparently planned from the introduction of Marion in season three. Like, this was part of the plan. And I feel like they set the breadcrumbs really well. Like, I feel like if we went back and watched the previous episodes specifically focused on this, it makes sense. I think there's maybe one or two instances where it blurs the line of, would Zelina really know this? Would she have this information that Marion had? Uh, also, she didn't really know Marion as a person, so how would she be able to match her mannerisms to the to, to fool the family as well as she does? Um, of course, granted, she was frozen. And you have to wonder, like, was she actually frozen See, that's my question yeah. i wanted to know like was she just hyping it up so she didn't have to keep doing anything or just like to torture regina i i'm with you i do want to like i would like to look at some of those scenes again to see what that was like uh because she does play it off in these episode this episode specifically there's two moments of her not having the information that robin is asking for and her carefully evading it yeah because it's like, you remember what I said to you? I do, but I like it when you say it. So then he just says it because he's a dumbass. Uh, so I'd be interested to see if there's moments like that that we just sort of missed. Yeah. Um, or if it was just so blasé because I love Zelina. She's like, oh my God, she's so boring. Oh, so boring. Who cares? Like, I want to do stuff. Like, this is exactly what Zelina or Regina, they didn't want this. They wanted, they want to do fun stuff. And they don't, the whole being a, like she calls it dutiful wife. I, Marion's just like she's just like low key. She just, yeah. she doesn't want to take over the world with magic, which is fine. They make Marion sound so terrible. Like she's like leave the poor girl alone. You killed her in the woods. She was yeah. laying down. You were just like she's gone now. You disintegrated her body. And then was just like I guess I'll wear a cloak. Ugh. <laughs> and she's like I'll just lay down in the dirt. Oh, I'm dead. 
but she's monologuing and I love her villain monologue. Rumple starts having a heart attack. <laughs> she's like beating his chest a little bit, just be like, oh, it's hollow. Such a fun sound. I'm like, you are dunking on a man who is clinging to life with his like white knuckling it. I this is an absolute amazing energy for a reveal of a villain. She just she's been waiting. It's it's clear she was waiting. It's clear the writers were waiting for this to come into place, and I feel like it was really effective. Uh one thing I really want to give props to Zelina to for kind of you know doing that little backtracking is the whole getting Robin away in the first place. Because if you really think about it, this Zelina was freaking masterful. She's sitting with, like, was she sitting with with Regina and is like, I get it. You two are in love. Our paths aren't aligned. You have my blessing. Giving Regina that kernel of hope, only to then her heart is giving out. In my opinion, she was frozen for the bulk of it, but this relapse was totally fake to oh, get yeah. Robin away, to get to get to to separate them and to and to like really rub it in. I feel like she was like the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Oh, 100%. And that's why she's so excited to do her reveal and also why she's so excited to do her reveal for Regina because this is the reward. She mm-hmm. has been sewing this for weeks. And it does not pay off unless she gets to tell somebody she did it. Because otherwise, it's just... No one thought anything of it. Like, Marion is this huge thorn in Regina's paw, but for completely different reasons. Finding out it's Zelina? Now it's a whole different thing. So, like... She was reveling in this. So Rumble has his heart attack, basically dies. The medical professionals run in at a very slow pace, by the way. Uh, he starts coding and they, like, she has time to say a lot of words before anybody gets into the room. She's like, oh, you have to save him. It's like, did no one notice that this strange woman was in here? Okay, cool. And they save him, but, like, then they give him an air tube that's, like, in a mouthpiece so he can't talk. And then she just keeps monologuing. <laughs> she is millimeters from his face this whole time and she's like i could pull your like tubey thing out and it would kill you right away but it's so fun she also closes it for she closes it for a second too yeah to cut off his breathing like torturing a man on his deathbed like unhinged behavior and she's basically like listen you're gonna do this and i'm you're gonna get the author to write me the happy ending that i want and take regina's away basically i guess uh, and that's what you're going to do. And I have to lord it over you. And she's, he's like, anyway, got to go. Turns into Marion and leaves. Ro- Robin. Oh, I'm sorry. I completely missed the part where Robin came in and gave him the potion. Sorry. Gave him yeah, the potion. They but switched it was it cold out. medicine. It was cold medicine. She gave him She gave him Dayquil. Uh, anyway. So Robin shows up and he's like, hey, how's it going? And this whole thing reminded me of in, um, I think it's Billy Madison, when the little kid is like, I can't wait to go to high school. And Adam Sandler grabs him by the face. Don't ever say that. Stay here forever. Like, that's what I feel like this Rumple speech was. If you are in love with somebody, go find them. Don't, like, because he also knows that the person that Robin's here for is Selena. So it's just a, my man, if you love Regina... Go. Go get her. Leave this place. Go get her. And Robin comes back. Tells Marion, I'm a man with a code. You remember that thing that I told you that night we became thieves? And she's like, yes, but I like it when you say it. He's like, then I will say it. That we're going to be together forever. She's like, oh, yeah, I did say that. I'm so smart. He's like, I love you so much. And then they kiss and smooch. And in... I don't know if it was for drama or I don't know if Selena is just this much of a narcissist, but as she's kissing Robin, she watches herself in the mirror as Selena. Like, ooh, she's pretty. Hey, and, hey girl. And Roland didn't notice a thing because he was zoned out on the TV. Those screens, they're killing kids. Duh. <laughs> well, I think now is an opportunity for us to kind of talk about the elephant in the room. As we talk about the conclusion when Regina is talking to 
Marion turned Zelina because she calls and Marion answers and it's like, haha, glow. It's actually Zelina. And she's talking about being the perfect wife for Robin, making him really happy and in return making uh, Regina's life a living hell. And then she says something about a meatloaf in the oven. And the way she said that and the way Regina interpreted it was not lost on me. Like, it, I don't really yeah. say bun in the oven, but like, it's a it's loaf such of a meat. Weird a way to put it. I got a meatloaf in the oven. So I got, oh my God, congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> you got a meatloaf in the oven? Baby shower with the ladies who tell me. That's just like, like gender girls, reveal party. I have an announcement. Meatloaf is oven. almost done. Points at Billy. <laughs> Yay! We can go back to having mimosas and not just orange juice day. Because this sucks, Natalie. So there's a really, there's a, a, a complicated conversation to be had around this. And I want us to be, to be mindful because narratively having Marion secretly be Zelina, she's played this long game. She's, she's sabotaging from within to make Regina's life hell is great storytelling. And I want to give the show props for that, for playing a long game on something which they don't do very often anymore with a character who 100% deserves it. Because Zelina is a fantastic villain. This made sense in the story. It was narratively justified. And that's great. But. The bridge too far. The bridge too far. Because we have to acknowledge she is with a man, sleeping with a man, and eventually getting pregnant by a man under false pretenses. It's the ending of Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Exactly. It's, it's it, the consent to, 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 I'm just, just to have sex. I was trying to find a cutesy way to say it. I'm not going to do it. The, the consent to have sex with a person is to have sex with that person. So to take that away and just be like, haha, it was me the whole time is gross. And terrible. And so the fact, like, this could have all been, like, implied later if the pregnancy storyline didn't come up. Yeah. And the fact so, that they use the pregnancy as part of Rosalina's redemption is especially gross to me. Like, I, I kind of want us to do a little thought experiment. Like, imagine if Rumple had killed Cook. That's something that could have very well happen. He disguises himself as Hook, which he's done. We know he can do that. And continues the relationship with Emma for a long time. And does that to, you know, separate her from her family, you know, that, you know, there, there could be a variety of emotions. They sleep together. Emma gets pregnant. And then she finds out her love is dead. And Rumple has been impersonating him the whole time. And she's he's the one she had sex with. If that storyline happened in the show, we would be having an entirely different reaction to it at the time it happened. Like, there is a total reverse sexism happening where a man is essentially being sexually assaulted. And we just... It, it's one of those like men don't get sexually assaulted. It doesn't happen. Like it's 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 yeah, it's a it's total the, double standard that hurts everybody. Yeah. Oh, no. And and you're absolutely right. And you're right to say it um, because I mean, yeah, it's part of that really toxic culture of just being like, well, it happens to a woman bad. And then when it happens to a guy, there's all these like overshadowing toxic chad conversation just be like yeah but you still gotta have sex right though bro yeah it's like no that no especially robin a guy with a code should i he a guy with a code like that would have been like i have had my body count is two people it's marion and regina end of list it now includes zelina not not part of his plan not something he decided and he finds out to the detriment of himself now, admittedly, this makes Zelina the worst person, which makes her redemption so strange because I know how excited I got for like all of her redemption, but not the pregnancy part. Because I also just, I'm not a big fan of the pregnancy tropes. I feel yeah. like they're always handled 
in such a weird clunky way in a way that I softens you yeah like I always just wonder was anyone on this set ever pregnant like how did no one go no (laughs) this isn't what happens like this this does not this isn't at all no thank you so like I don't know I just I don't like it I didn't like it when it happened but mostly like I just remember being like, this seems, seems like, no, not lazy. It's a word I'm looking for and I don't know what it is. I don't like that. I like it right up until the point this episode ends where I'm like, this is great. I love all this. So when we find out about the meatloaf that I'm not super pumped. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's why I'm feeling complicated and conflicted because it is a great, it's a great narrative with horrible implications, but they're implications that are never addressed or resolved. Like we never get proper acknowledgement of exactly how much harm Zelina has done to Robin as a person. We don't get that. You can have these kind of really bad, complicated, horrible storylines, but you have to make sure that they're sought through to their conclusion. You have to make sure that the characters can express that. Like I've talked about the magicians before, the magicians handled really horrible storylines. They did. They covered sexual assault. They covered some really dark, traumatic situations. But for the most part, the characters went through a process. Like they, they went through that experience and we went through it with them. That doesn't happen here. We instead get Zelina gets pregnant by sexually assaulting somebody under false pretenses. And then she, the motherhood, it changes her. It softens her. It adds perspective. So- honestly so honestly and I, I was thinking about this when the episode started and then you're talking about how like this was planned from the beginning i think that once they introduced selena and this actress absolutely blew it out of the water she she just she did something with it that no one could have predicted i think they were like listen okay here we're gonna kill you because that was the plan we are going to figure this out <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put you in another body and then do a reveal later. So you're going to take a little hiatus, somehow more of a hiatus than Rumpel, who is physically banished from the town that we are shooting this in. But you will come back and we want to keep you. So they do this long game of she's actually Marion. We get to trick the audience and we always get we, we always love a good reveal. But then they're like, well, how do we keep her here? Because there's no reason Regina would then kill her. There's no reason she wouldn't kill her. That's what I'm trying to say. So how do we keep her around? She's pregnant. Like, lazy is why I come to that is because I think that it's a lazy answer because it was how do we keep Regina from killing her? She's a mom and she's pregnant. She's pregnant with Robin's child. So we can't kill the mother of Robin's child. It's lazy. It's poorly written. We never explore the implications or the terribleness of what she does. So we can keep this actress. Damn. Damn. And can I just say as a closing thought on this, motherhood does not soften you. In any, if anything, it toughens you the F up. Like you have to, like there's, there's a reason people say mother up because parenthood, you have to develop the thickest of skins to handle pretty much anything. You have to be prepared to stop death 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And you never get to not try and stop death. Because <laughs> your goal is to keep this thing alive. When it, at every opportunity, w- will try to die. Everything is coded against them. They're just like, here, you have been, you have been giving a, given a stress test. Uh, good luck. At yeah. any moment, it may detonate. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you're right. It does. It it. <sighs> When people say motherhood or even parenting like softens you, it softens you in like a patience way. Like you, mm-hmm. you gain, I have gained a patience I did not think I was physically capable of. And I only recognized it a few months ago because I was like, oh, I'm like really chill when I'm dealing with him. <laughs> like not in a way that I thought I ever would be. But at the same time, like what you're saying, you have to be ready to like stare death in the face and say, not today. But you also have to like, you're also pre- constantly prepared to fight literally everyone. Like, you're just like, I'm sorry, did you look at my child the wrong way? I will put you in the ground. <laughs> What's happening at the school? I'm going to a meeting. It's just, 
your entire like code switches, but you also don't go full mom. Yeah. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, well, she's a mom. She has priorities now. And it's like, yeah, but that mom still has personal wants and needs. So like, I, we'll explore it later because I don't remember how this plays out with Zelina at all. I really don't. So I just, I really want to see how that dynamic changes. It's just like, she's going to give everything up because motherhood is really the only job worth having. Yeah. I just never like characters that are only defined by that because it's not what it is. Like the baby goes to sleep. You have other interests. You have other things you want to do. And they don't usually involve just passive things. They're usually like goal setting things. So I I don't know. That's why I don't like the pregnancy stuff. Emily and Stardew Valley. Like we've, we've all got important things to do. We got important things to do. Very important. I do. My favorite thing, by the way, about Stardew Valley is that, like, when you're pregnant, you also don't show at all. And, like, there was one day I literally, like, power leveled through Skull Caverns to, like, a level 120, like, just eating and mining the whole way down. And it was like, a baby boy was born in the middle of the night. I'm like, I was doing that pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Who's letting me do this? Elliot, let me, (laughs) you go do this. I'm pregnant. (laughs) This child will be a warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, that was season four, episode 18, Heart of Gold. And I didn't realize at the beginning, I don't actually think I mentioned what the episode is called. Uh, I want to make a note in Finnish, the title was Heartburn, which I think was just a bad choice because like... Uh, sir you didn't actually like i had a heart attack i did i almost died they call it a widow maker dr lane said uh you just had like really bad heartburn my man like we prescribed you tums (laughs) like (laughs) you need to cool it on the ramen stop it although in german like most of the titles were something about like gold's heart heart of gold in german uh they called it sham but in German, it sounds a lot bigger because the word for sham, I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to try. Uh, Spiegel factory. So it's like. That sounds. Just a big word. That, for sounds, a big that sounds mean and it sounds pointed. I really enjoy that. I would also like to point out that we are, we are, we have. Uh, I thought this episode was going to be a lot worse than it was, I guess. Like I thought we were going to like delve into the pregnancy storyline already. So I was really braced for that. I had chamomile tea to calm myself. Uh, but I'm very excited because I saw what the episode next is. And I'm very <gasps> pumped. Yes, you guys. Next week we are going to Sympathy for the Devil, which I I don't remember all the details, but I do remember it being one of my favorite episodes of the entire season. Uh, it is Cruella's backstory, and it also goes way more into the author because the two of them have a, a, a very intimate connection. So in closing about this one, I think there were a lot of really strong points about it. Um, What's interesting is the reviews at the time didn't like this Robin storyline. The only saving grace was the Zelina reveal. But like upon reflection, I feel like these kind of episodes were fewer and far between. And I welcome them because I like episodes where a character we don't spend a lot of time with gets a, a moment in the sun and we get to see the interpretation of their story. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm also not really 100% sure how people felt about Robin or do feel about Robin currently. I guess I don't know where everybody is on that. So maybe that was why it wasn't received as well. Did people not like Robin? I remember not liking Robin a whole bunch at the time. Like, I remember his death episode where they really ham up the fact that he was going to die. I was just groaning and rolling my eyes the whole time. I think I might feel differently this time around. I I have a new appreciation for uh, for Sean McGuire, um, especially because he was in The Magicians. Like he's, I've seen him and stuff. He's a great actor, and I think a, a new watch through with new fresh eyes. I'm I'm very much appreciating what he's bringing to the role more so than I did last time. I'm excited for next week. Also, Sympathy for the Devil has like such a like I got this tattooed to myself kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's just Sympathy for the Devil. You turn it upside down. It says women rule. I got it. The best uh, tattoo parlor in Glower Haven. Yeah. It was one of those things where you put $100 in the machine and it gave you a tattoo and you just had to take it. I think it rules. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, 
everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. Uh, we want to thank our amazing uh, patrons, especially our Swan Queen patrons. This week, Patreon shout out of the week goes to Ryan Gregorakis. Thank you so much, Ryan. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash Timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Timing. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back next week with season four, episode 19, Sympathy for the Devil. I think this is going to be a fun one to talk about. I am super excited for just, just the feeling. The I am with the ladies who tavern right now. We are we are having a toast. Uh, Abby, you and I are having a toast, Lazy Tavern uh, at Robin's Bar, and we are toasting a brighter tomorrow, a brighter future. So, Abby, thank you so much, and we will see you next week. See you next week. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Grab the perfect get-up-and-go breakfast for you and your crew. Right now, two soft and fluffy, fully loaded sausage burritos are just three bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 